0: Hello, welcome to The Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. My name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Brutalizing Creations.
1: My name is Justin. I'm a brutal death metal vocalist. Oh,
0: on? wait, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I do that already. That's right. Stop. Oh, man. Everybody's a brutal death metal vocalist. I'm Uncle words.
1: Justin. This, <laughs> is my, this is my partner, Uncle Buck.
0: Oh, <laughs> Hi, man. How's everyone doing? Oh, man. I'm feeling good tonight. Feeling great, man. I'm going to build off of that. Okay, Ooh, man. Good, yeah, feed man. Feed off that that good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, man? This guy just came in off the the L I double R, man. So hot. It's the just, MTA is messing my people up, man. Yeah, it's, it's true.
2: Yeah,
1: the whole city and uh, uh, MTA, I feel like is trying to trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! They know they know I'm leaving. I'm leaving my
0: my corp- I'm leaving my major label corporate job. You, you know. You have these <laughs> thoughts often? <laughs> Everybody's coming after you, Justin. <laughs> just uh, it's just today. Um, Shout to the Huntington Hospital uh, psych ward. Oh, very true. Yeah, yeah good up? people over there. What's up, guys? I'll see you soon again. Um,
1: yeah, it's good. But no, the whole the whole Manhattan, I feel like, is uh, is like the the asteroid in Armageddon. Like, mm. right before Bruce Willis blows it up when it just starts like,
0: allegedly. it's just like earthquake over here. And like, allegedly guys e- are over here. FBI, allegedly. You know, you know rolled, that really yeah.
3: important radio transmitter? We only brought one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we only brought one. We didn't think about that. So, <laughs> we got least wow. straws
0: for some reason. Yeah, Nobody's Will, saying, was,
1: how was your weekend, man?
0: Uh, yeah, um, getting back to you know this is the, the official leak of the Artificial Brain lyrics. If you have, if you're just tuning in, <laughs> Tom, this is Tom and Justin reading the transcript of the new Artificial Brain album. <laughs> it's all based on Bruce Willis and Armageddon. Oh my god, my weekend was sick uh, because you and me, uh, actually I should say you and I. Now that I'm a professional journalist, yes, allegedly, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, you and I, um, we smashed out an interview. With a a mystery uh, guest, we'll leave it at that, for the Heavy Hole Podcast. Just to illustrate for the listeners that we're taking this seriously. uh, We're getting into two weeks now just to try to wrap it up, uh, step up our game for everybody. Uh, We got some classic death metal uh, variety uh, of personalities coming to you. Artists, people behind the scenes and all that, man. Um, And also... After I left your house yesterday, I did visit um, an area, uh, I want to say thrift store. They call it, it was like the world's biggest garage store. place all the way out in Holbrook, man. They're closing down. It was just this huge barn, and the guy had tons of stuff. Like when they close out lots and estates and buckets full of all sorts of stuff, man. I don't know where this guy got it from. And I was combing through this tub of like DVDs and CDs, and I found like the bottom end. Of some guy like a cu- couple dozen metal cassettes left that like must have filtered down from someone's collection long ago. Mm. Some anthrax and suicidal tendencies, and I only I only picked out a few. I picked out um, the first two Def Leppard albums on cassette uh, and like Slayer Seasons in the Abyss, mm. and one very obscure, strange cassette that I'm not going to mention now. Uh, it's not even my old recommendation tonight, but it's a key link that led to my recommend. I've been on this weird trip the last 24 hours, All right. allegedly. <clears throat> Yeah, allegedly, and I'm going to get into it later. Tune
1: in in to find out the exciting conclusion. Just pay attention. Skip to the end. (laughs) Don't skip to the end.
0: Um, uh, But uh, before we skip to uh, our guest, who I'm going to introduce in a minute, Justin, what what were you doing this weekend? What was going on?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's good. Um, Yeah, I just had had a couple of friends over on Friday, uh, still recovering for it. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah, well. That was sick. you? You know what? I told you, you're coming over as soon as the bathroom's done. I yeah. don't have the bathroom to
0: accommodate <laughs> didn't, you. Didn't want to insult me by not by not by invite me over when the bathroom's not done.
1: <laughs> but it's good. Apparently, I, apparently, I don't know.
0: I, I woke up the next morning and I asked my my
1: beautiful girlfriend if she would want she wanted breakfast, and uh, she proceeded to tell me all the terrible things I did the night before. Yikes! Throwing shoes around. I don't know. I just remember yelling jujitsu a lot. And then, oh, oh and I, boy! And I tried to, you know, work on my riffs like I do, but my arm hurt. Just didn't work out. So.
0: Knowing you being so, drunk and yelling jujitsu—that was probably a lot of bad things. So yeah, I'm, I'm you're, a, really you're a tall, strong man, man. allegedly. <laughs> allegedly tall. Yeah,
1: oh, uh, I'm not really too sure about the rest of the weekend, but um, I'm here now
0: on a Monday. And glad you, uh, glad, you made, <laughs> so, glad you made it to the city and back so, on a Monday.
1: So it's doing pretty well. Tom, how was uh, how was your weekend?
0: Um.
3: I don't know. While well, I was at your house, saw some shoes flying. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, welcome. <laughs> you know, um, there, there's this thing that does happen uh, when we hang out, and there's a whole group of people. Uh, most of them aren't into death metal, but you, uh, you, your particular tastes force you to hijack
0: the audio. Oh exactly. at, at, at any, any cost. I used to do that all the time, man. I've, I've, kind of, I, I don't really, I, I, I don't, I disembark from social situations altogether now and listen to the death metal by myself. <laughs> it's probably like a true from- o, OG, like a yeah. true OG. But no, go on. You go can on, tell yeah.
3: people start leaving as soon as Crown of Souls comes on. It's true. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I, I was like, I got uh, the next morning. I was like, the volume on the TV was at ninety-five. I was <laughs> like, I did not even know that it went that high. Wow. But yeah I, yeah so as
0: long as the album as long as the death metal album playing was also from 95 okay
3: yeah, yeah um, so I, I was there too for a bit I don't really remember all the conversation but we had a good time uh you know guys I've been really busy I have a new job and oh, uh,
1: congratulations
3: yeah I'm a, I work in cartoons now weird. Oh. So,
1: you're on The Simpsons.
3: Yeah, I'm basically just uh, doing Allegedly. Homer Simpson's voice from now on. Allegedly. He's gonna sound just like me. I'm not yeah. changing my voice. Uh, Doe. Chill <laughs>
0: chill. Matt Groening's lawyers, please. Alleged is all
2: alleged. Yeah.
3: No, but for real, uh, I've been diving into cartoons with my, my audio work kind of just put me there, and um, it's very different than any of my other previous work, and uh, I, I'm, I'm exhausted, because you know when you start a new project like that, and you, uh, a new job, and you're and you're getting paid for it, and it's like, oh shit, I really gotta, I gotta bring this shit to the next level. Even though technically I have never done this before, you gotta put your whole brain into it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm kaput right now, mm. really. Other than that, it's good. It's good stress. Amazing. You know? So that's where I'm. That's where I'm at, guys. All right.
1: Well, um, look out for uh, heavy hole pillows coming out on Patreon eventually, 2020, possibly,
0: for when you're tired like Tom is right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, Justin, you mentioned 95, the volume your television went to. That's true, yeah. It was pretty it was loud, apparently. <laughs> I mentioned uh, that th- tonight I'm going by the um, the, the name uh, Uncle Brutalizing Creations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you realize uh, Brutalizing Creations is the name of the Mortal Decay demo that was released in 1995? Oh, nice. Okay. Oh. Yeah. She's- Synergy. Did did anyone? I I know I'm not. Maybe Dahlia the dog here. Probably she real. She seems very calm. She sensed that that connection was made. So, <laughs> our special uh, guest tonight. We're gonna get him on the phone. Is uh, John Pelini, the uh, ex ex singer, current singer, back and forth singer, back in the band of Mortal Decay, also singer of Chopcore, Core, uh, also part time actor, former Orlando Orlando Bass Club tournament winner, January on ninth. John Pellini. John Pelini. Uh, we're gonna get him on the phone. John? Hey. What's up, buddy? How you doing? How's it going? It's Will? Yeah it's, yeah, it's Will here, man.
4: Hey, man. Sorry about that. I was in the other room. It was all silent. I was charging it up, so my phone didn't have that much charge to it. Uh,
0: ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, you hear that? John John Polini uh, dismembering a body in the other room while we're trying to call him. Uh, mortal decay. Hard to work. <laughs> Allegedly. Nice. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry to. Uh, I also kind of messed up. I told you a different time when we were corresponding, and um, so we, you know, we had you, we had you expecting us to call a different time. So I apologize for the the difficulties tonight. No, that's all good. It's fine. Yeah, man. So, um, John, uh, you know, you know how we normally get down, man. Uh, I, I got a lot of questions about um, not just Mortal Decay, but other things you've been involved in and stuff, man. Uh, and uh, you know, if you're ready, man, we just want to get into it.
4: Yeah, sounds I good.
0: I will. Uh, oh. Sorry, <laughs> I'm feeling myself tonight, John. I didn't even introduce you to my co-hosts. Uh, this is Justin over here to my left. How's it going, bud? Hey, Justin, how are you? Good to meet you, man. And uh, Tom is over there to my right. Hey, John. Hey, what's up? Hey, thanks for your time. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I I apologize to Justin and Tom too. I'm a little rattled because of uh uh you know I was rushing things because I told John a different time. I didn't want to leave him hanging and everything. So right now I'm, I got I got to check myself a little bit. Um, it's but, okay, well. <laughs> but, uh, John, you're originally from New Jersey? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell uh, anyone a little bit about maybe your family, your upbringing, and if um, music is part of that at all.
4: Oh, yeah, sure was, man. I, uh, yeah, I am born and raised in South Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I've been listening to music as far back as I can remember till I was a kid. Um, you know... Fast forward to when I was maybe 10, 11, and 12 years old, I used to listen to a lot of rap and breakdance and stuff like that, like Run DMC and Fat Bullies, LL Cool J. Love but then the when ones. my uh, well, when my brother uh, left for college shortly after that, he left his record, his record collection behind, and I started diving into his Van Halen records, his Led Zeppelin records, and then, of course, MTV exploded, and I would sit around and watch MTV all day, and the hair metal thing was big back then in the 80s, and, uh, I didn't really get, I always liked the heavier stuff, like, at least, uh, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, and then, uh... Weren't we're a, we're
0: a winger guy?
4: Uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Ozzy, ACDC, and then when I started with Headbangers Ball, you know, I started getting yeah. the thrash, thrash metal, you know, you know what I mean, like, uh... Anthrax, Metallica, Slayer, mm-hmm, Megadeth, mm-hmm. Testament, uh the, the, just went on from there and then onward to like King Diamond and D R I and you know, and uh, just way into thrash and stuff. And
0: then eventually um, you said something that I really want to go back to real quick. You said breakdancing. Yeah. You said you said you said, <laughs> you, said you said something about breakdancing, man. Can can you just elaborate a little bit more on um, your history with breakdancing and, and hip hop culture?
4: Well, back back when we were kids, we used to break out the cardboard in the back of the woods with boom boxes and just uh, break dance and have battles
0: and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, wow, That's man! It. What, and what area in New Jersey is this?
4: Um, Southern New Jersey, Camden County, uh, just outside of Philly.
0: Okay, Where man. Yeah, yes.
4: Yeah. Like so, Philadelphia.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've come. To, I've come to learn uh, over the years that like so- South Jersey is very like associated with Philly a lot, man. I, I never realized that as much growing up, man.
4: Yeah, because you have to cross a bridge it's where, where the, the river divides Philly to South Jersey. You
2: know? Yeah, yeah.
4: But, uh, I'm going. I'm going over to Philly tomorrow for a Sixers game. You know, uh, with Joe. Joe, you guys. Uh, he, he's interviewed him from our band. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Joe Gordon, man. And for the listeners, if you didn't realize by now that this is our second um, Mortal Decay interview, we do have a, a whole interview with Joe Gordon, guitarist of Mortal Decay. You can go back to, but um, it's
3: actually technically our third. Oh, yeah, yeah, and Kelly yeah, yeah, and there, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, and that, that was a double interview because we had Kelly as Chiaro too. Um, I
3: just got the whole set. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah we're working, working on Jeff. it. We're, we're, we're going to get Hartman and Anthony and everybody, man. We're going to get the whole crew, man.
3: Death Metal Pokemon.
0: Yeah, cool. <laughs> got to catch them all. But, um, t- wow, so, uh, all right, so, so, so the breakdancing, man, because we also, we had Ralph Ferrara from Haunted Hotel Records on a while back, and he talked about Heavy D. Heavy D grew up in his neighborhood. Uh, so we've been oh, touch- wow, touching on local hip hop connections uh, lately, mm-hmm. man. So I was really interested to hear that, man. Um, and then, like a lot of people, you have a, you have an older brother, uh, and you kind of get into hard rock and, and heavy metal through uh, through that path, right? Oh
4: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So can, now now I gotta I gotta kind of put you on the spot, man. And of course of course we can always edit things out. Uh, but doing the research, man, I was just checking out your Chop Core Facebook. Uh, just checking out what's been going on with your projects and bands. And you have a friend Rick Taylor, uh, ex in drummer, right?
4: Oh yeah, yeah, Rick, Ricky Taylor, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, now, look, I'm not trying to blow up his spot or your spot, but he's a. I saw the video on ChopCore that was shared, and I had to check out some of his drum videos and some of his joke videos. He's a, he seems like a very engaging guy.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, we, we 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 were uh, really good friends and tight when we were when we were younger. Uh, uh, I just I say what's up to him and stuff on Facebook from time to time, but yeah, yeah, he's a nut. He's a good nut. <laughs>
0: I was well. All, all I'm getting at um, is uh, that, like, when you were younger, man, maybe if you could maybe talk about uh, like the local scene. Um, you know, maybe around before before you joined uh, the the band. We'll get into. Uh, originally, it was uh, members of the band Necropolis were forming a band called Macab.
4: Yes, that's correct. And, uh, and- um, I actually one of the second local shows I went to was at a movie theater in town called the Harwin Movie Theater and they played Rocky Horror and then uh, right before Rocky Horror wow, started um, there was a band called Necropolis that went on uh, and that was actually Anthony Eppery and Anthony DiVigenzi they were kind of like they did a lot of misfits covers and stuff of their own and stuff like that um, and across the street from this movie theater where they played I used to uh, work at a gas station and I used to pump gas and like obituary shirts and a lot of thrash metal shirts death and morbid angel shirts (laughs) they would see all that and they approached me about trying out because they wanted to change their uh, you know their their style from like a thrashy punk rock type band that they were to like a death metal band and um, that was around 1991 March of 91 is when I tried out and uh, I made it. I made the band. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then we went on to record that, that demo, the Macabre demo. It's never really been released. I have it up on my YouTube. It's pretty funny. I, I sound like a, a barking <laughs> dog. <laughs> you know, I just was learning how to, how to sing death at the time. But, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's up there. It's, it's, like, it's like a four-songer. It's pretty cool. The music's decent. You know, it's
0: definitely, uh, Thrash metal influence, yeah. Um, the, just and for the listeners too, your YouTube channel is like a, it's a very eclectic resource for a, a lot of um, Mortal Decay, uh, your other band Chopcore, and even your acting reel. Um, from, yeah. from the movies, man. And I, I want to talk about all that stuff. Um, but bef- before we get too far, man, uh, you talked about um, f- I guess forming Macab with uh with Anthony with bo- both Anthony's right. Um, yes, and you record the intimate demo. Before that, I mean, before that, you're the guy uh, working there at the gas station wearing the death metal shirts, man. Uh, h- how was it being into underground death metal back then? Because those shirts weren't available anywhere. Like, were you tape trading with people, and were you part of an underground network?
4: No, we would find them. Uh, we would find them. Um, we had a, 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 a we had over in Philly. There, there's a place called South Street, and it had a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, underground, like metalhead stores and stuff like that. And then there was also a spot in the Deffer Mall called the East Shop uh, over here in Jersey. And uh, you, you could you'd find an occasional, uh, like I said, obituary shirt, best shirt, um, maybe even morbid angel shirts, stuff like that. So I would I, would, I was always uh, sporting that kind of stuff. <laughs> 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 I'd, I'd always uh, pick one up when I would see one. And also down the shore. And Wildwood, they sell a lot of, uh, you'd
0: find a lot of metal shirts there, too. Oh, okay, man, because it, it wasn't as like prevalent back then, you know, for for death metal. Like, death metal, it's not like the internet nowadays where you can get right. a lot of stuff, man. But, um right. But so you joined the band, and uh, eventually you guys catch wind that there's um, the uh, the macabre from Chicago. Uh, you you right. change the name to Mortal Decay as the story goes, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yep, exactly, uh-huh. Because Mortal Decay was the name of the first song you guys ever wrote, right?
4: Yes, it was. Uh, it was the first song with, with, when I joined the band. Yeah, correct. And it was inter- it was interesting. Um, a funny story about that was, well, we had the song Mortal Decay, but um, we all the band members were told to go home and write a list of band names. And then we, we came back to practice, and the name Mortal Decay was on my list and Anthony Iffrey's list. So we decided to call the band Mortal Decay. <laughs>
0: Wow, and, and here we are, 2019, man. Yeah, near near 30 years later. Jeez. So, one of the things that you're um, noted for is being an early uh, proprietor of the kind of so-called like like croaky, uh, kind of frog-like vocals, um, uh, vocals that I aspire to. Vocals that maybe like uh, Auntie Bowman from Demolich is, is known for uh, those kind of like throaty, croaky vocals. Um, is is that fair to say? Yeah, like the guttural stuff. Yeah, right? you, you and you've always mixed them with um, kind of like a repertoire of, of different of more like maybe more traditional throaty vocals. But you were definitely using those pretty early on in the game. Were those influenced uh, by anyone in particular, or like how how did you come to use that particular style? Because there wasn't a lot of that going on.
4: I just uh, I, I, I pretty much just kind of started doing it, you know, <laughs> at, our, at our at our shows. Yeah,
2: I yeah. Just,
4: I kind of started getting deeper and deeper, and then when we went into the studio to do "Dawn of Misery," it just all kind of blossomed there. Awesome. <laughs> was it strange? I never, I never, re- I never really uh, like like tried to to do a, a gunner roll or anything like that. It's just how it came out, you know.
3: Yeah, like that vocal style. it it's um it's it was very unique for the time. It's still still unique. <clears throat> but was it weird going to a studio and hearing it somewhat isolated for the first time?
4: It was cool. I still remember that recording that demo, and it was, uh, everybody loved how it turned out when I started to do vocals, you know? <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, I mean, it's sick, yeah, but, it's you know, awesome. like, if you were, like, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, if you're just doing it in live scenarios and practice studios, and you're not really hearing it, like, by itself, and the first time you go into a studio, you're like, holy shit, that's how cool I sound? Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's pretty much how it went down. <laughs> um yeah, and everyone loved it,
2: you
0: know. Yeah. Now everyone in the everyone in the everyone in the band um loved it. Uh but was there ever like uh you know kind of like 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 when when death metal cuz you're talking about when when the Mortal Decay demos were coming out, you're talking about 92, 93 and eventually um brutalizing Creations in 95. Uh mm-hmm. that's still when death metal was very new and still transitioning from thrash. Was there ever any like kind of kickback about how your vocals were like, like, like what are this, what is, what is like, like so called cookie monster bands and stuff they like they used to say? I remember
4: Slayer saying stuff like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> Slayer would we'll call them cookie monster bands, but um, no, nothing personally. I don't, I don't really recall anybody saying anything negative or pushing back to me personally. That I could think of.
0: Cool, cool, man. Yeah, and we've talked before about how in New Jersey. It seems like back in the old school New Jersey scene, there was a lot of um, like very kind of forward-thinking, kind of progressive musicians dating back to like Ripping Corpse and and um, uh, you know all the, all those men, Human Remains and stuff. And we've we've kind of noted Mortal Decay also kind of for being very like forward-thinking in a lot of ways.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good bands back then.
0: You know, Ritual
4: Torment and like you you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Human Remains. Yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: You, you guys were, did you uh, guys play shows frequently with any of those bands? Uh,
4: we have, we did. Um, yeah, I, rem- I remember going up, uh, going up and playing gigs with, with, with those guys, sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And you guys played uh, a couple of like regional fests, metal fests back in the days, right? You didn't tour much, but you played a lot of fests, if I remember correctly. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. What, so, I mean, we're talking about regional, like nowadays. Um, we have, like, Las Vegas Death Fest, Maryland Death Fest, Chicago Domination, the list goes on. But, um, you're talking about the, the early 90s, uh, before, the, obviously, um, the advent of the internet. Um, what were those fests like back then? Was was it more of, like, a really underground kind of community feeling? Or, like, what, was, what were the differences between the metal fests back then and some of the metal fests you've been to now, um, you know, in comparison? Honestly,
4: um thinking about it now because just what you just what you just said, like the the internet and social media and everything else, I feel there's more of a fan base now. Uh, the crowds are, are bigger. Wow. The venues okay. are big. the ven- venues are bigger. Um it was more of an underground and um, you know, kind of a, um actually making flyers and tape trading and stuff like that back then. There there's always a lot of people but it just seems like it's more and more modern and uh you know, more, um, it's, just, it's a different kind of vibe. and Not, not that, not, not, not being a bad thing. It's, it's very cool. Um, but it, it's just, uh, it just seems that way. I feel that there's more, uh, you know, there's a lot more, more people in the things nowadays.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially now in this, this current era, man, there's a lot of people going back and exploring the old school bands.
4: Right. Right. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say.
0: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like we're, um, we're talking actually about, um, uh, the the demos, um, your uh, the Dawn of Misery mm-hmm. demo, the Grizzly Aftermath demo, and the Brutalizing Creations demo; those were all re-released earlier this year by Comatose uh, as Gathering yeah. of Human Artifacts, the compilation, right? Yes,
4: yeah, so, yes, that's correct. Yeah, but it's out now on Comatose right, on Comatose Music.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an important plug right now for the listeners, man. Very relevant, and we talked about that with the Joe Gordon interview too, man. So, um, uh, and uh, now in. In, the, in that time period in the in the '90s, um, after Brutalizing Creations, about how how long are you with the band? Um, because you eventually leave the band, right?
4: Yeah, I left in '96. Mm-hmm. So then the following year after Brutalizing Creations is when I left.
0: And were you still pursuing music at that point?
4: A, a tiny bit. I was in a a band that was uh, that I had a couple practices. It was along the verge of the uh, chop stuff i was sick of that and that kind of style um mm-hmm. uh, more like machine head type uh, music i guess you would say and uh, but it didn't last um we had a couple practices and I kind of just dwindled apart <clears throat> and i just uh took a nice break and settled down with the girlfriend the dog you know and just kind of chilled out
0: no doubt man yeah and um I mean, uh, after a few years, though, you eventually returned to the band uh, and record uh, 2002's *Forensic* album.
4: Yes, yeah, yes, I have. Um, I got back into things, and in nineteen ninety eight, I, w- I was back with my what's that band, *Shopcore*. I don't know what I was in, and uh, you know, we were doing well. And then Mortal was uh, at that time asking me to fill in and stuff, and we we actually released *Gathering of Human Artifacts* back then. Uh, through you ourselves.
0: Did. That's right, DIY. And,
4: yeah. um, right, and then um, you know, I was I was filling for them when I could, and and the thing was, I I, I couldn't really tour. I always uh, right at that point in time of my life, my uh, career was going for me. I, I couldn't really do any touring, so I kind of I kind of held them back, and I didn't want to. You know, they whenever they needed a singer to fill in the cracks, I would, and if I could do something for them, I would. And that's what kind of uh, happened with uh, Forensic. They were, at, at the time, they were out of a singer, and they asked me if I wanted to do the album. I was just like, yeah, sure. You know, I, I wasn't even familiar with the material at that time.
0: Though. <laughs> uh, that, well, that's right, because Anthony Pre traditionally has um, written all the lyrics, and he actually arranges the vocal patterns?
4: That's correct. The whole... Um, I mean, it's out. I've talked about it in other interviews, too. But the whole Forensic album... I pretty much sat next to Anthony with him. He had a microphone and I had a microphone mm-hmm. and he would be like, he would he would be like, okay, uh, sing this part here. And then we would think of the voices I'd want we would pick one of the voices that I do and we would sing it, sing that part right there. And just, just like, so. I never even really heard the music before cause they had all this music, but no vocals to them yet. And, um, and I was, like I said, I was busy and tied up with Chopcore in my career. I really wasn't familiar with it. Yeah. Until when I went, in, when I went into the studio and Aunt, Aunt would say, okay, growl this line, this line, this line here. And we would. And then I would. And then we would cut. And then we would do the next part and so forth and so forth. And that's how, like, still to this day, I can hear how Forensic's kind of choppy. And I can tell that we did that. I mean, the average person can't, but me and Aunt can because, <laughs> you know, we did it. But it's it's, it's funny. I, I would get so many, um, you know, I would I would get a lot of uh, people talking about forensic and how good I sounded and how, this and that. And you know, I owe it all to hand It was hand that told me where to sing. <laughs> so <I owed> all, <laughs> you know, I I, um,
0: I find that very interesting as a fan. Um, and I, I've expressed that before in our Joe Gordon interview that the drummer um, it takes such an active role in the, the vocal arrangements, man. I, I find that very interesting, and um, I don't think that it, it uh, uh, like you know reduces the role of the vocalist in any way too, man. Because especially having seen you live over the years, and if uh, the, if any of the listeners haven't gotten the opportunity to see you live, they can Google. You're a very expressive vocalist, um, and especially during that period, I remember seeing you. For, what, what's the song, Monkey Cage? Yes. Yeah, you got you know you come out with the monkey mask and everything. I mean, I, you know, I remember uh, seeing you. Uh, I think it was mdf four, probably.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man. So I, you know, uh, you know, obviously bringing a, a lot to the band, but still really interesting to, to see how Anthony has um, since the very inception. Uh, you know, and I, I assume still to this day, uh, in, in charge of the the lyrics and the vocal arrangements. Man, that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. So you come back for forensic and you. Uh, Did you guys do uh, any kind of touring on Forensic or, like, a lot of festival appearances besides that MDF?
4: Yeah, I did two mini-tours with them, two, I would say. um, (laughs) I remember I used my vacation time for um, (laughs) 04 and 05 to go out with them. We maybe did, like, a week, a little over a week each time. Yeah. Um, It's kind of foggy to me each of those tours kind of blend together, but... uh, but yeah it was, it was cool it was um, it was a good time you know I wish I could uh, do more touring but <laughs> I can't really you know it's, it's always been a setback for me you know
0: yeah we've we've talked about it a lot on the podcast how, how it's tough with day jobs and people's like spare their vacation time and, and all that stuff man yeah it seems to be a theme in extreme music mm-hmm. mm, absolutely
4: yeah I, I know it's it sucks that it has to happen but it is what it is you know it's
3: <laughs> yeah uh Gotta take care of you know. Uh,
4: yeah, it's not like I don't want to do it. I want to trust me. I want to play every day. But, you gotta eat. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, eat. gotta eat. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> so you did mention Chopcore, and I don't want to uh, breeze over that. <clears throat> um, wh- when exactly did you start Chopcore, or are you are you a founding member of Chopcore?
4: Yeah, um, I, we started in 1998, November '98, actually. So. Um, it was it was kind of a four year span. We had we had two co cool releases. Um, you know, our, we lost our drummer and, and we tried them to replace him with another drummer. At that point, things kind of just crumbled, and uh, it, it was funny in two thousand and one, uh, Chopcores album "Bloody Little Mess" came out uh, in I believe well, I forget the actual month, but. One either one was out in April and one was out in June, and it was it was either it was forensic, worldly case forensic, and Chop was bloody with a mess. So I was just like, shit! I got two albums out now. <laughs> I gotta I gotta do something. <laughs> I got to figure out some way to support them. But yeah. it turned out that our um, the Chopcore drummer left, and it just didn't work after uh, after he left. And then at the same time, <clears throat> forensic was out there doing pretty well. And that's when I decided to do those two mini tours with with Mortal and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and but I was
4: I was very 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 into that Chopcore band at that time. my goal I wanted I wanted it I wanted us to sign the Victory Records so bad and and blow that up really bad. I I eat, breathe, and slept Chop Chopcore for those four years. I did everything I could. <laughs> um, I was it was. Um, I was really into it. Uh, outside. We, we tried putting it back together again in 2013 and 2014, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that band so much; <laughs> I still do. But I used to really be obsessed with that with that project.
0: Yeah, it's your baby, man. I feel that?
2: Better.
0: Yeah, and for that one, you were writing the lyrics uh, and arranging the vocals, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I wrote some of the lyrics.
4: Um, the that all the band members wrote wrote a lot of lyrics too, but I I did do all the arrangements, correct?
0: Yeah, and I was you know I was listening to Chopcore, and we've talked a little bit on the podcast about the term deathcore, uh, and how that means like something totally different today than maybe it did in the '90s. Like in the '90s, Chopcore to me is like <clears throat> like in the '90s what we would consider deathcore, like a very tough hardcore band with certain death metal elements, mainly the vocals and. Some of the you know, you know tougher guitar riffs and stuff like that is that fair? Right,
4: right. Well, I mean, even I never, I honestly never heard that term much back in the nineties. The, uh, the, uh, the deathcore term, yeah, I didn't hear, I didn't hear it that much. Um, we we were just kind of like a, uh, I guess you could say like a um, a, 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 a propane crowbar like tough guy type hardcore band like like Blood for Blood. Uh, and stuff like that with a little shake of like a paper, paper, and all that war, some, some metal edge to us. So I just said, Hey, you know, I'm gonna try to throw in some grouse here and there when I can. And, um, you know, then of course, as years gone by and death corps has gotten popular, uh, some people considered it that, you know, uh, it was just always, always interested me. Yeah,
1: death core is more like <laughs> that, like you have that. That uh, early 2000s metalcore into it and it got that bad connotation from it, but mm-hmm. when you're taking like uh, like New York hardcore or like New York death metal that just has that bounce to it and, and just you know trying to add like little elements here and there like that's that that's hardcore infused death metal you know which you could break down right. to deathcore but it doesn't have that that negative connotation that is is so prevalent today. Right. Right. Exactly. But shit rips. Yeah. Heaviest. Oh, cool! Thanks, man.
0: What uh, what's what's your um, what's your history with uh, with hardcore? Were you were you like equally into hardcore as death metal, like in the late '80s, early '90s? Close,
4: yeah, yeah. I would definitely say so. Like I said, one of my uh, one of my favorites when I was young and still to this day was uh, DRI. <laughs> you know, early suicidal tendencies, agnostic front, sick of it all um and the list just goes on and on of course when papery blew up and earth crisis and stuff um you know i could just keep naming them but yeah yeah i, I like i can't really um i'm just a, i'm just a fan of underground music like i'm heavily into the into punk too you know mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not into uh like just strictly uh death metal 100% like you know like the guys in, in of K are yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't get me wrong I love death I probably don't know um, half the bands nowadays that some people do I just uh, I just always been obsessed with underground music you know from from the, the, the early hardcore stuff that I just mentioned to the early thrash metal stuff that I just mentioned to uh, you, you know you name it um, anything from like uh Misfits, Doug Kennedys, Bad Religion, to uh, stuff even newer like teenage Bottle rock, and I love a lot of that punk. I think that skate punk, Pennywise and Rancid, I'm way into that stuff. Um, uh, so I I, I I listen to a lot of stuff, but but not like tons of it. You know, I have my I have my handful of bands and uh, my underground genres. I guess you could say.
3: Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I mean, well, as yeah, a bunch of dudes who uh, spend our time digging through all kinds of underground music it gets exhausting finding new stuff so
1: it makes sense right to, you know like right you, you gotta, right you gotta
3: enjoy it at your own pace like wh- what are we doing this all for at the end of the day it's just to enjoy it you know
4: <clears throat> right exactly exactly there's, a, there's so much of it it's so hard to keep up with stuff sometimes Yeah, you know it's like uh like, like tools like spotify and YouTube is. It's good. It's good to keep you up on things, you
0: know. Yeah, absolutely, uh, man. It's become very, uh, very useful for me with the podcast, 100. percent Right, so, right. Um, and and something else I want to talk to you about uh, outside of metal. Um, uh, you and I have talked a little bit in the past about fishing. Yes. How uh, <laughs> totally. is, is that?
4: I thought this was
0: going like to kind of come up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on, John. You know I brought yeah. it up, man. And, I, and the oh, list, yeah. the listeners know I'm shining right now because I've talked about fishing. Not so much the last few episodes because the weather's turned. Uh, I didn't do a lot of black fishing um, this fall, but in uh, the summer I talked a lot about fishing. How far does yeah. fishing go back? Is that a family thing for you growing up? Or oh, yeah,
4: yeah, it goes back to when I caught. Wow, Jeez. Around those same days of uh, those early days of break dancing, I was fishing and. Uh, yeah. I called my first. I caught my first largemouth bass when I was probably 11. I was 11 or twelve years old. I still have that picture. But uh, yeah, just from talking to you a time or two about fishing, Bill, like I can tell you're you're a big saltwater guy. I'm yeah. a, which which I love all fishing. I'll drop a line anyways. Yeah. But I've I've actually I've actually done a lot of um I, I've done a lot of, of tournament bass fishing in my time. You know, I, I moved to Florida for a while and I was down there. I fished with the Orlando Bass Club. I fished with um, I, I fished with New Horizons uh, a bass club in, in Virginia. Uh, up here in New Jersey, I fished with South Jersey Hookfish. Um, I've also fished individually in some Bassmasters tournaments, some weekend series, and some Fed Nation uh, tournaments as well as a co-angler, um, and stuff like that. So I, um, I I've competed in my time and all that. I, I've got my share of trophies that I won, <laughs> you nice. know, but uh, I do, I, I, I maybe do like two or three tournaments a year now. I, I mostly just do it out of uh, recreational, from relaxing, uh, fishing, you know, but it's usually freshwater bass.
0: Yeah, we saw that you won the um, Orlando Bass Club uh, tw- uh, tournament in January 09.
4: Uh, oh, so, do you mean? Yeah, 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 that was the last one. Before I moved back north, you know that, that I won. I won in 07, I won. I won a big fish. I got a nine and a half pounds on my wall. And I got a trophy for that. know, yeah, that was something I'll always remember. Yeah, I, I loved fishing down in Florida when I lived down there. It was great. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've always uh, I've always fished. You know, I, I always have And it's um, and it's funny because it's there's an underground scene to that too. And I always compare. Uh, the scenes to music. And I, I, it's just like, you know, there's underground music, there's underground fishing too. Um, and that's kind of what I did. I, I, uh, I never got, you would, you would make like when you would, instead of trying to get a record deal, you would try to, uh, land sponsorship. And it was kind of the same way. You'd make like a little press kit about yourself and send it to, uh, marketers and, um, try to get on pro staff and stuff like that. Um, I never really did land any sponsorship, um, uh, but uh, I have friends that, that that have you know, and it, it reminds me just like uh, just like being in a band trying to shop
0: your stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I've had friends that are on like um, uh, sports teams and th- and things like that that are uh, you know I guess minor league and um I I know like uh there, there was like a, a women's football league, uh that that was like you know basically they were paying their own way to travel and for their uniforms and yeah different things like that like looking for sponsors. Man, there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of quote unquote underground scenes uh, that you yeah, know like yeah. like we, we we know it through death metal but there's just a lot of people that are out there struggling um and and hustling to do something for for the passion of it uh you know right, regardless right, exactly, of what it is, yeah man. yeah and uh, yeah, you know
4: you're, you're exactly right you know and uh one thing I I love to catch that I know you're probably into too is striper fishing
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> surf fishing for striper.
1: Just ta- just yeah. talking before we got on the air about it. Yeah, those yeah. fat lazy suckers. Yeah, they're the <laughs> most delicious. Yeah,
4: but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're on my Facebook, you'll see me uh, porn the Goodwill or posting the fish pics.
0: Well, yeah, your you're, uh your Encyclopedia Metalum uh, profile has <laughs> actually <laughs> has you holding the big old fish right there, man. So there you go. Um, yeah, that's so
4: funny that you know that. because uh, <laughs> uh, I just told the guys that I'm like I'm, I, I recently at one of our last practices, I was just like I think I was telling Joe, I'm like, Did you ever search yourself on on the the, the metal encyclopedia, you know? And I'm like my picture's holding the fish. So I'm
3: like, it's, it's pretty I mean, funny. It's, yeah, consider the you thousands know? and thousands of entries that are on this thing. You're probably the only guy holding a fish. There's, there's yeah, probably,
0: you know. it's probably like some Swedish guitarist somewhere yeah. that's holding a fish, man. It's probably like you and one other dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah,
3: yeah
0: it's funny.
4: I wonder where they where they got that from. Probably from, you know. Uh, I guess there was more fish picks on me than band pics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you know? it's, it's it's good to, it's good to have a couple of hustles, man. You know, man, you get one going, that's what's up. Yeah,
4: but yeah, um, fishing, all fishing, and mostly tournament bass fishing, and uh. Playing in a band are my two favorite hobbies. They're probably the two, the, two, the two hobbies that... I've had many hobbies in life, but they're the two that I won't ever let go. You know, I'll always be doing them as much as I can. You know, no matter how busy I get, as I get older and stuff, I'll still find myself doing them. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, um... Wow, man, that hits home for me. Can you be- relate, well? <laughs> <laughs> these, these guys are busting my balls right now, man, because, well, I mean, obviously, if you... Uh, to kind of tie it back in with death metal... Uh, I, I believe, did, uh, do you remember if Immortal Decay played the Roxy in Huntington uh, on Long Island? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we talked to Joe Gordon about that and we're actually sitting in a house that's maybe like a five minute walk from where the Roxy was. We're in the same town. So. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I mean, you mentioned, I know, um, I'm more of a saltwater guy and that's cause I'm surrounded by it here on Long Island and here in Huntington. Where? Uh, the you know there's actually like a charter boat that goes out and you do a lot of there's a lot of spots to go surf casting and all that sort of thing man so um right you know and right 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 down the street the Roxy is actually not too far away from uh, Huntington Harbor so um uh, that that's that's kind of like my experience with it but I relate a lot to what you're talking about man because. It's like even you know I'm in you know me I'm in a, a couple of different bands I'm doing this podcast now so it's like all week I'm listening to metal and you know I got my day job and my regular life on top of that so when I want to escape I go to the beach and I do some surf casting for a few hours uh, you know early early on the weekend morning if I if I can you know whatever I got to do so I, yeah I, that's I awesome
4: it. that's that's awesome see I'm still even where where I live I'm still uh, the closest for me to, to, to the ocean is is, a, is at
2: least an hour oh yeah so. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, you know so that's why I'm, I'm more of a freshwater lake lake guy so um but but yeah I'm sure if I was that close to the beach I would I would be a saltwater guy
0: too <laughs> <laughs> yeah man um and and another one more thing I gotta ask you about while we're talking about some kind of like side ventures of yours you're also uh, a part time actor
4: right I was yeah I was I did, I did okay. some acting in my, I did some acting in my time yeah <laughs> it was just fun it was fun you know, I had a good time with it. We did, I, did, I did a couple of those Bills Above movies.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the worst horror movie ever made? Yeah. And yeah, uh, that, stere- stereotypes don't just disappear into thin air, right?
4: Right, and there's uh, there's one other too, I think, that they took one of my shootings from. I, th- I, I never saw but it. It's called The Most offensive Comedy Ever Made, I think it's called.
0: Okay, yeah, it was, yeah.
4: There was another Bills Above one. I never saw that one, but I think from what I gather, it's just some of the other uh, scenes that I did they never got
0: huh. used to be <laughs> yeah Bill's, you know. a- Bill's above for the listeners um, if people a lot of people might remember the older listeners might remember the Grimoire of Exalted Deeds yep. magazine uh, underground mm-hmm. zine uh, to use the term mm-hmm. yeah uh, from the 90s he was also New Jersey based right Yes, he was. He was North Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, yeah. T- I, I never met the guy back then, but I, I believe he still pops up at, at shows every once in a while, like at fests, uh, you know, selling different things, right? I, I maybe within yeah, the last I years.
4: I haven't seen him in years since, at least when I did his filmings with him back in 05. I haven't, I haven't seen him, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I know, but I, but I think, yeah, I think you're correct. I believe he's still around.
0: Yeah. We, um, mm-hmm. Your YouTube channel, just for the the listeners. Anybody else interested in like uh, old mortal decay? There's a lot of old rehearsal footage and live footage from the early days on there.
4: Yep, mm-hmm. I got that. I also have a uh, another side project I belong to is called Rivers of Ash.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, glad you nothing, nothing that. Really,
4: up. Nothing really, really gory with them. They're, they're pretty much a uh, thrash metal oriented band, which, which I just I usually just growl over top of and do all my voices with. But I still do stuff with them. I still record with them uh, time to time. And I, that stuff's on there. I did that stuff over in the Ukraine, the Sermon of Mockery thing, I did that, that's on there. Um and uh yeah, all the early World of the Case stuff, like I said, the macabre demos up on there.
0: Yeah, so. no now Sermon of Mockery, it was kinda hard to find um things by them online. Uh like like social media and, and um like I don't I don't think there's a Metallum profile. Maybe I missed it, but uh, so that's that's guys from the Ukraine, and you sing for them. Well,
4: it was I did an I did a four song recording with them. Okay, it was always uh, that was it was back in like 2013 when I recorded this while. Um, they were always saying they're going to release it as an EP. They had the connections, people wanted to put it out, but uh, there are these two dudes over in the Ukraine. They're the one guy's the drummer from as a uh, but and I don't even know they're not even still around anymore but it kind of just crumbled and fell apart because from what I understand the two guys who did the project are like six hours apart and they were getting ready to release it they were getting ready to release it they're all pumped up fired up to do it and get it out but then it was back during that um, back when when, they, when when shit went down with them in Russia and the guitar player went off the of war nobody really saw them again <laughs> because wow. they, they they were having their own little like uh little civil war over there. And so it kind of it kind of felt shit, but we had that one master and I put I put the uh, video together for it, and at least stuck that on my YouTube, you know.
0: And it, the the guitar player is not in the video, right?
4: The bass player is, not the guitar player and drummer and myself are,
0: yeah. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Interesting, man. Yeah, um uh, that that's that's quite a story for that band, man. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, at least the music is made uh, you know available on your more conventional formats for people to check it out, man. Um, yeah,
4: they, they they keep getting close to. I mean, I don't know what's going on with it now. Like I said, it's been years.
0: Yeah, they did uh, the whole.
4: Um, of course, they did. They when they were, I they, they chose the band name. Well, <laughs> you know, and they they wanted to do the whole uh, worship to sermon of mockery thing, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. And, you know, yeah. I've I, 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 but I remember I talked to Chris about it before they did it and he was cool with it, so I'm like whatever
0: <laughs> yeah it made, it made the research for that band a little bit harder I think too man <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. Google and Sermon of Mocker you know what comes up man um, oh yeah oh yeah
4: absolutely but uh, yeah. but
0: you know that that's out there man so I mean the cool part is though man there's definitely for, for uh, you know a- any fans of your work in mortal decay there's definitely some deep cuts out there I know you've also done some guest appearances on other bands recordings and things like that um, so you know there's there's always and there's of course the chop core material so if people only know you from mortal decay there's a lot of other stuff sure. out there to, to fish around and get 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 into the John P cult you know what I mean man um, <laughs> and and uh, I believe it was was your first appearance I guess on like with this kind of run of mortal decay um the the May 2017 show with Deicide in Philly. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And I know you did Chicago Domination Fest that year, right? Yes, I did. I did Chicago. I did.
4: I did Vegas, Chicago, uh, the Deicide show, and we did a local show here with um, with a bunch of bands and Internal Bleeding and stuff too.
0: Awesome, man. So. Um, straight shooting right now. I, I did see a video somebody shared on Facebook the other day, man. You're, you're currently jamming with the guys, right? Yes. Yes, I am. You, yep. uh, we saw in a video, uh, you, Anthony, John Hartman, and Joe Gordon, uh, old, j- is there a bass player right now? No,
4: no bass player
0: yet. Okay, man. Okay. But, uh, but I mean, could, is what, what can you tell us? Uh, Mortal Decay's got a lot of fans, uh, waiting. What can you divulge right now about new Mortal Decay or any plans for 2020?
4: Well, they're uh, the guys are slowly writing. They, they, it's well we're, we're we're missing a bass player. We can't seem to get that. Uh, can't seem to get that down. No bass player. Um, the other issue is our guitar player is seven hours away. He's living up in Buffalo now, and when he comes down, he's very busy with his other band, and bludgeon They have they have uh, I'm talking about. John Harpin. He's uh, very busy with some bludgeon and the Barn Burner the album that's out now. You know he's uh, he's he's really busy with them and you know supporting that album. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he was down here for the, for Thanksgiving week and stuff. And we got together and jammed, and they were they were writing some new stuff. So I guess you could just say we're slowly writing the next album.
0: Okay, all right.
4: Uh, that, that's all I, I really could say about us for right now. There's a lot of uh, guys writing riffs and passing them around online stuff like that uh, uh,
0: Yeah, I know how that goes
4: yeah yeah um, yeah exactly especially nowadays you can do that there's so many a lot of bands are doing the long distance thing uh, you know um, but uh, you know Immortal seems to be a lot better with one to jam together as a whole online and things come together better that way it's just how it's always been
0: yeah, well, I mean, it seems like you guys uh, have that that core of of of, of uh, band members has been around a very long time. Um, you know, we're, we're going back, you know, way over twenty, oh, oh, almost thirty years.
4: Yep, yep. It'll be it'll be thirty years before you know it, uh, and <laughs>
2: twenty
4: twenty twenty one. Yeah. But uh, I honestly, what I would like us to do, um, I wouldn't want. I, I I kind of been telling the guys this too. I don't because it's, it's going to take a while to make another. Full length eight nine track album. Uh, I'd like to do the first Mortal Decay EP, a little four or five song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like kind of what, what, what Worm just did. They just had an EP come out a little while back there. Yeah. I'd like to get maybe because uh, a lot of people a lot of people are itching for new stuff. So <coughs> I I wouldn't mind throwing an EP out there for now.
3: Yeah, that's a good idea, we, man. Just get it going. We, we have we
4: we have Yeah, we haven't. We we've done our demos and stuff, but we never officially did an EP. <laughs>
2: But that's what I'd like to do. Oh, we would
0: love it. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> me, I, I, will I'll take what I can get as a Mortal Decay fan, man. I'll put it that way. I'm sure uh, the the listeners who support Mortal Decay are gonna support whatever move you guys make going forward, man. Uh,
2: thanks.
0: You know, man. Thank um, you. man, uh, we're just glad. Uh, you know, we're glad. I, 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 again, that video that was shared. It was like just a little short clip of you guys, man. You know, jamming, but. Um, it was like a little, it reverberated a little bit on Facebook with, with some of the older death metal heads like me, man. People are just glad to see you guys in a room jamming, uh, do you know, doing your thing. And, um, uh, you know, as we wind down the interview, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. You actually thought this interview was going to be earlier tonight than, than it was. Um, as, as we wind down the interview, uh, we always ask our guests to, to recommend one like classic older release and one newer release by any artist you want, um, for the listeners metal or otherwise.
4: Okay, so one one older release?
0: Yeah, just um, anything classic. Yeah.
4: I have to go with I have to go with Cannibals Butchered at Birth.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Bl- yeah. Straight off, straight off the bat. All right.
4: <clears throat> and for newer, huh? Let me think. Well, I, well, I, I got cooking now. I actually got the the, uh, the latest Agnostic Front from I'm heavily into right now.
2: Okay.
0: Awesome, man! Wow, two legacy bands like flagship bands for their genre and their scene man so yeah
1: a first of uh Butcher to birth being brought up
0: yeah yeah we haven't even you know there's certain like like legendary albums like Butcher to birth that i'm a little hesitant to start talking about on the podcast uh because i gotta do my research <clears throat> man but yeah it's a classic album man um you know, the, what 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 do you remember about when that album dropped man
4: what do I remember about it? Yeah, like how, how did
0: how did it strike you? You know, what do you remember about the you know your first take on Butcher to Birth?
4: Well, of course I remember the the, the first cannibal Ian back to life, and I always what always got me. I always loved their, their again their gory artwork.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, always lot, loved, I always I always I always
4: loved the gore stuff. The the, the, uh, the album covers the strike me, and it was just like I popped it in, and it was fun. You know, was one of them CDs that just melted in my CD player
0: for the next month. You know. yeah yeah a lot to get into there man classic release man and an agnostic front man did you uh did you ever get to see them way back in the day
4: uh not way back maybe um late 90s 99 ish is when i started when i started to see them 98 99 Mm -hmm. awesome i never i never i never got
0: to see them in the 80s or anything no yeah yeah no, no i hear you man that's cool man yeah man great band man and um Anything else, uh, you know, before before we wrap it up? Anything else you want to plug? Um, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about Mortal Decay and all that, man. But is there any, any other projects you got going on, or anything you want to say to uh, followers and fans of yours?
4: Now, strictly, um, you know, Mortal Decay is my primary, uh, my primary baby now, and um, that's gonna be that's gonna be that way for life. You know, um, <laughs> if I do if I do anything. If my buddy Dave, my, my buddy Dave in Rivers of Ash, if he calls me up to record some of their stuff, because he lives right in town. And Dave's actually the guy who I, um, Dave Snedeker, he's a guitar player at Rivers of Ash. He's also the guy who I um, who I fish tournaments with. So uh, him and I got that, that, that bond together. So if he ever wants me to record some vocals for the Rivers of Ash, project that he does, I yeah, I'll still do that. But other than that, it's just mortals K mortal all the way, you know, for me, now. So,
0: Wow, man. I, I mean, I know me and a lot of the Mortal Decay fans are like, you know, lo- love hearing, uh, you know, something like that, that sentiment. And um, the idea that Rivers of Ash is a band with two fishing buddies in it. Uh, <laughs> I love, I mean, I listen to it, and it's uh, just, you know, quickly for the listeners, this Rivers of Ash um, band, you can check it out. Uh, it's really cool, kind of very old school death thrash, but uh, with John's vocals, obviously. Um, uh, heavily fishing uh, at, you know, uh, fishing buddy atmosphere band now. So that, I, I, <laughs> I love it, man. So, dude, uh, John, John Pelini. Um, all joking aside, all fishing aside, we really appreciate you talking to us and giving your time tonight, man. Yeah, no, this
4: is awesome. I, I love talking to you guys. <laughs> I don't talk
0: to anybody. About this stuff. Cool. Yeah, me, <laughs> yeah. me too, man. Me too. I'm just lucky I got these guys here to help me record it and get it out, man. So yeah, cool. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks again, though, John. And um, we'll, you know, we'll be in touch as we get the episode produced, man, um, and and uploaded, man. We appreciate your time, brother. Have a great night, man. Yeah, you too. Well, take care, man. All the best. I'll be in touch, man.
1: Thank you so much. All man.
0: right. Bye. Yeah. See you. Have a good night, John. <clears throat> take care, guys. Destroy. all right uh there you have it man uh john Pellini, classic mortal decay singer man also uh singer of chop core um and uh great fisherman uh, but uh, as he said, Mortal Decay for life, man. That gave me chills when he said that, man. I know my Mortal Decay fans uh, feel me out there. So uh, shout out to South Jersey. Shout out to Mortal Decay. And big thanks to Johnny for joining us this evening, man. Yes, thank you, John. Yeah, man, that was great. Um, And solid recommendations, man. I mean, I asked the guy to recommend some stuff for the listeners, and he just clocked me in the face right, left, one, two. He said, "Butcher the Birth, Agnostic Front." I using the big gloves. I still, yeah, I got I got a Doc <laughs> Martin print on my chest right now. it's, it's cr- I'm still trying to recoup from that man. Maybe you guys could uh, ease me in with some recommendations. You know, sure. what, what do you guys got on deck?
1: Uh, let's do it. Uh, so, uh, so my recommendation this week on the new side of things, I have Philadelphia's Blood Spore. Their 2019 EP, Fungal Warfare Upon All Life. I've been hearing good
0: things. I'm I've been here- hearing good things about this blood Bloodsport. Uh, this was
1: released uh, on April fifth, twenty nineteen. Okay, the date that I hold dear to my heart because I was happy born- birthday. I you. was born on that day, ah. and and the coincidences keep coming because I here I am thinking I'm I'm the only one doing deep dives into mycology in terms of death metal lyric lyrical substance, mm. and uh, and I find this phenomenal band Blood Spore. and. Uh, this, this sound is... It's the sound of a slow-spreading black mold in a dank wooded area just covered with death and decay. Ooh. Uh, really, really sick, uh, doomy, true fucking death metal uh, coming mm. out of these folk. Um, uh, this three-song EP, uh, all uh, fungal-inspired, is fungal-apocalyptic themes going on here. Um... I uh I was I was pleasantly surprised to to come across this man and um and yeah I there's, there's not really like too much more uh that I'm going to say about it cuz I think it's all about in the listening and I'm not really a words wordsmith on, right now so um, <laughs> I think he did a pretty good job <laughs> before <laughs> so uh, th- did- if if you're into uh deathy doom uh good shit and um and you want to dig a little bit deeper and discover how uh, we're all gonna return to the dirt, and the mycelium and the and the fruiting bodies are gonna take over uh, all which every loved one that you have and all which you hold precious, and how your thoughts and feelings really don't matter on the subject. Uh, I would check out Bloodsport. Are you okay? Oh, I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm, it's, like I said, like full disclosure. This is this is <laughs> this is my realm of uh, of lyrical subject matter for a uh, undisclosed future project coming up. At-
3: Okay. All about
0: the mushrooms, man. Yep. Oh, oh, I get. I don't know if these guys are into that. Allegedly into those type of shrooms. Well, it's not fungus. just allegedly.
1: psilocybin. Your, your trippy boys are. Uh, it's only that's only one facet of the beautiful diamond. Yeah, that is uh, the the fungal life form.
0: So, blood spore from Philly.
3: Tonight I brought a uh, British band by the name of Celestial Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Found this thumbing through the old band camp. Okay. Um, This came out just a couple days ago from when we're recording this, December 7th, 2019. on Brutal Cave Productions, which is a uh, Portuguese, uh, from Portugal, not Brazilian, a a, uh, Portugal record label. Cool. Um, And and this
0: is a a British band.
3: They're a British band. Um, They're named after the Bolt Thrower song with the same title, Celestial Mm. Sanctuary. Okay. And uh, it's mixed and recorded over at the Abbey Dungeon. This band considers themselves New Wave of British Death Metal, which I had never heard before. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's
3: a nice little uh, play on the terms we're familiar with here. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I... I'm I'm, I'm biting my tongue right now, Tom, but there's amazing things going on. Proceed.
3: Yeah. uh, You know what? Honestly, (laughs) Will, don't bite your tongue because in listening to it, that's all I did. I can describe to you things that I've said a million times about other good bands I found, Mm -hmm. but these guys are really sitting in the pocket here. Um, Yeah, they're doing it. They got the mix down. It's just atmosphere. It's kind of, ooh. yeah. Picking it up. Loving this mix. It's dingy, dark, but it's very open at the same time. You know, like the the wide open cave sound as opposed to the little one. Yeah. yeah,
0: you can hear everything clearly, but it's still raw, man. Which is which is great because I, I feel like uh, for a while the raw the raw production thing with death metal it was getting into the fetish for raw production the way black metal did. You know, yeah, it, uh, unnecessary at times. I want to hear your kick drums. Yeah. You
3: know, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this band does that well. You can really hear everything yeah, on this no. uh, this demo of
1: theirs and. Love it. Uh, Sure, it's two thousand nineteen. Let me hear let me hear your feet. Let me
0: hear oh. Yeah. Show me them feet. Whoa. Pause. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cut your toenails first. Celestial I just cut my toenails over the weekend. I forgot to add that and oh, what you do good? for the weekend. Oh, good
1: on you. What do you think what's like how many weeks you go between cutting your toenails?
0: Uh, I go um, Mortal Decays. How many times like Mortal like, Decades? Yeah, like
1: the last. Yeah, because like that's what I do. Like the last Mortal Decay the, record that came out was probably the last time.
0: Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, that's why I was pushing, pushing Johnny. Like, when's it coming out? I got to cut these toenails. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't cut my toenails since the, since they re released the demos in March, man. What's going on here? <laughs> okay, enough about my toenails. <laughs> Celestial Sanctuary, though, uh, from Britain. Part of the new wave of uh, British death metal? Yes. Uh, okay, let's remember that term. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll subscribe. Yeah,
3: definitely keep your eyes out. This is a two-song EP or demo, rather, that they put out, but uh, it's awesome. If they just mm-hmm. put out a full length that sounded just like this, I'd be very happy.
1: If it's y'all, sweet. the listener, go to the band camp, I want you to feel this orange and yellow right, right now that they're pushing yeah. out. Cause yeah. I fully support it more bright.
0: All right, so um, my uh, new recommendation for the evening, reason I, I was uh, saying I'm going to bite my tongue, bite my lip before when you were talking, Tom, this is also part of the new wave of British death metal. Get the fuck oh, out. Oh, really? We don't, we don't plan this out, by the ah. way, listeners. When we come with the new and the old recommendations, I actually, tonight, I, I've kept my old recommendation secret the whole night. Yeah, we, uh, like, we, we kind of make it a point to not yeah. talk about our olden news so we can get genuine reactions out of It's a surprise, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but here we are syncing up, all right? I love it. Our, we're on the same vibe. No vibe shit. vibe check, synced, okay? So, uh, Slime Lord uh, from Leeds, England, part of the new wave of British death metal, apparently. Um, I, I'm glad we caught up to it somehow. Uh, with their the Delta Death Sirens EP, their first release released in 2019. Um... This has three members of a band called Cryptic Shift that uh, has only been around a year or two themselves, more of a technical death metal band that I got to check out now because I happened upon this uh, EP. This is, um, I haven't been using the metal of death term lately. No, no you haven't. I'm and trying to
1: use it for you, but that doesn't work.
0: I appreciate it, and I do want it to catch <laughs> on. It's a concept. It's uh, its an idea I had, just kind of like the way I perceive certain bands. It's an alleged but t-shirt. I, I, well, that's the thing. I felt like the metal of Death thing was getting a little memed. I didn't want it to be, you know, I heard the listeners dropping it around, you know, dropping it like it's hot, man. So I, I said, let me, let me fall back and let it spread naturally. But now this band inspired me to bring back the metal of Death term uh, for tonight. This is Medal of Death, in my opinion. And that's a, a compliment of the highest order over there to my British friends in Slime Lord. So don't um, say it anymore. The, the, <laughs> The Delta, so don't say it lightly. So the Delta Death Sirens EP, man, this is just the atmospheres. The vocals are just putrid, d- dragging, ugh, dragging an ox through the mud. Vocals, I love it, man. Um, oh. The 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 guitars, like, it's, they have they have the right mix of kind of like these trudgy, doomy, atmospheric kind of intro parts, and then they get serious about their death metal. Um, this band is just all atmosphere to me, man. I love the cover art. The cover art has this kind of like weird, home brewed feeling. It, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily your your most highly refined piece, but it's just dark and raw, like the like the music, man. I it's, mean, this is kind of it has like a Path of the Weakening by Deeds of Flesh cover art. Not as cold. Meets, yeah. meets old Finnish obscure bands, you know, who's like local town, you know, family member painted the. I'm talking about um, uh, Demigod and Adromalik, um, but uh, uh, it just has this like really cool cover art, man. Really dark, and it fits the atmosphere so good. These guys are metal to death, in my opinion. And um, if you if you haven't heard the episodes of the podcast where I've described that, it's just this total um, bottom end raw atmosphere, dungeon atmosphere, death metal, man. And these guys capture it so well. This is not commercial uh, precision sound plays death metal man this is the real deal and if this is what the new wave of british death metal looks like uh count me in man you know call me austin powers all right <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this band is a tight beast right now this is Justin, I see you brought in a fun band here. Yeah, here we go now. So, uh, so my classic recommendation, uh, all you uh, death metal uh, guys, which I am one of, and in the midst of everybody as well. Uh, check it out. Every Time I Die's first LP, um, last night in town. Every Time I Die, a band from Buffalo, New York. This record came out August two thousand one. We're almost, we're nineteen years old now, almost. Uh, on Ferret Records, uh, this was produced by Adam Dershkovitz of Killswitch Engage fame. Hmm. Um, I, uh, am head over heels, uh, in love with this record. I kind of spin it once every week, every couple of weeks. Um, this hits all the, all kind of home bases for me. Uh, this is like, um, it, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a staple metalcore, hardcore, uh, Slight grind, just just weird distorted guitar music uh, staple. I, I think um, that kind of you know coming out in 2001 really set the tone of of uh, heavy uh, emotional music uh, to come out from uh, from, from here on. Um, think uh, think in the vein of Botch, Despotted, uh, Dillinger Escape Plan, a way darker glass jaw, a little bit of Cave In a little bit of martyr ad uh this kind of hits it hits it, it's it's ballsier than emo it's it's lighter than metalcore it's uh it, it's as brutal as as hardcore well um, yeah i mean it's it's got the emotional thing
3: but it has a very different vibe than like please hear me mom dad it's that's more right. of like fuck you town
1: well yeah and it's also like uh a lot of that has to do with with keith buckley uh the front man who uh uh <laughs> a former english teacher you know what I mean? Uh, his his lyrics kind of uh, like like create these scenes and these metaphors that are kind of universally accepted, without being so like uh, beating on the head of the point that they're trying to make, mm-hmm. um, and, and lend to, to just the perfect cocktail of uh, of sing along, scream along, just fun uh, uh, music to to kind of get down to. Um, it's interesting now, like uh, this band's obviously been around for about twenty years. Uh, look i i listened to a couple interviews with a few of the members looking back on it um, they kind of categorized this record as just like this the the way they wrote these songs was just uh, a a, a chronological it was like a, a chronological order of riffs it was just like whatever riff we wrote the next one was the next riff and the next one was the next riff and- and then these songs just were born because they were just so excited about each new riff that they were writing. Right. Um, which which kind of appeals to me because you know you, nothing repeats and it's that that's kind of what gives it this sort of like grindy sort of uh, aspect to it. I compare this a lot, this record a lot to uh, you know to much to the chagrin of, uh, of, of fellow metalheads and, and such and, and friends alike. I compare this record a lot to uh, the red chords fused together in revolving doors. In um, in in the urgency and the energy that that was kind of put forth, and in the sort of writing style that that they put through, um, but uh, if if y'all have heard of every time I die, and you're like, I don't I don't really want to fuck with that Guitar Hero shit, if you're old enough to remember Guitar Hero, um, this is the most technical of their records, and uh, and like I said, a true like metalcore hardcore. Um, Just urgent fucking have fun party music uh, staple of the the 2000s. Yeah. Check it out. It's dark when it needs to be dark and rock and roll when it needs to be rock and roll.
3: I have run a band called Limp Rist. You guys know Limp Rist? I know Limp I probably found this album. Well, this isn't an album; it's a seven-inch. Um, I found this about about ten years ago, and it's always resonated with me because it's how I wanted crust punk to sound. Uh, because I, I, I went into some dives on crust punk, and and this band always stuck out to me. So Limp Rist here. This is their seven-inch. What's up with the kids? Two thousand one. On uh, Paralogy Records, like I said, this this is crust punk that really sticks out to me. Uh, they've been around since 1998. They're uh, still around. Yeah, awesome. They're not awesome. as active now, but um, so the lead singer, uh, Martin Soranda guy, uh, he's from Uruguay. Um, he's also from a hard hardcore band called Los Crudos. Uh, he kind of started this band as. An outlet for his own sexuality because he's a homosexual and he's been in the the hardcore game forever. This guy, Los Crudos is an older band than Limprus, um, so I guess he wanted to apply that to like just the heavy shit he loves, and I think he achieves that really well.
1: Limpress is a such a good name for a band. I
0: was yeah. going to ask you if um I was going to ask you what the context of the name was because I had a feeling. Uh, Maybe something we should explore with the podcast, but I know in the punk scene and the crust scene, there there have been a, a number of like homosexual bands and bands that address uh, mm-hmm. social issues that affect uh, that demographic and that sort of thing. You know? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, this is considered queer core. Okay, uh, well, which is I, you, I just kind of danced around it the most politically nice way I could I could say it, and there you go. I guess that's what you're calling it. <laughs> yeah, huh? that's okay. What, well, that's what they're calling it. Okay, I mean, like, beautiful I, queer core. I'm. I mean, hey, I'm all for it, man. Play your shows, do oh, your I'm thing. At it shit just sounds good. Like, I really don't... I don't really care
3: what they're talking about. Like, and if this is helping this guy, Martin, or allowing him to express himself in this almost on the verge of grindcore sounding yeah, punk, punk... All the uh, better. Like, why the fuck not? On point. Love the drummer's performance all the way through. Super raw. Or when did this come out? This came out in 2000. Cool. But they yeah. had a couple releases before this. There's a compilation that came out. I forgot what record label, but 2005, there's a, um... Uh, Limp Risk T H E E official discography and uh, it has a lot of the demos and some of the, um, the B-sides mm-hmm. a great band you know definitely for your fans of Os Rotten or uh, Discharge give it a listen
0: I've never been a fan of porno grind. I've never been a fan of the misogynistic lyrics and death metal. I can listen to bands that have, you know, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, I, I, you know, but it's just, yeah, man, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, so, so I, that's what I was saying, like, like with your last uh, band. Mm-hmm. Uh, this band is uh, overt. This band's whole stick is that they're heterosexual. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, this is... Uh... By the way, for the listeners, I don't even think I announced it. This is Winger's uh, 1988 album. I think it was self-titled. The, the, the debut Winger album, landmark album. Thank in, you, Will. In the metal community. So,
1: I feel like it's Christmas come early right now. So
0: <laughs> Bringing this in for me? I fucking love it. So anyway, I got a story to tell. Uh, I told you guys uh, I found the Def Leppard joints and the Slayer joint yesterday at the thrift store. I also found this... Rod Morgenstein, Double Bass Drumming 1, cassette tape. Oh. That after listening to it, I realized probably came with some sort of drum instructional booklet you're supposed to go along with <laughs> right. listening to uh, the very uh, congenial and, and friendly um, uh, Rod Morgenstein play drums and teach you while he plays drums. Let me ask you a question. Did you listen to that? Did you put it in the Yeah, deck? well, yeah, I did. I did, Okay, yeah. so with that, how was the quality of it? Was it burnt out? No, it. I, I felt like I could still... Uh, listen to this today and try to get something out of so it. So whoever bought that or ha- was gifted that is obviously not a very good drummer. You right. know, you only <laughs> not, listen to it once. The, not <laughs> true. You sound like someone who didn't grow up and listen to a lot. Of, doesn't listen to a lot of cassette tapes, man. Because Some, a lot of my old joint, dude, the yeah, Def Leppard joint played know, great. I'm just, I'm just dicking around. I,
1: but, <laughs> someone died a bad drummer and left their box of cassette tapes at the thrift store.
0: Honestly, <laughs> the fact that I found all these old metal tapes with this instructional drum tape got me wondering if it wasn't some old drummer, man. Maybe somebody who played in a Long Island metal band. There's like a Six Degrees of Separation. It's a small island. This guy might have played in Pyrexia at some point. Who knows? Yeah. You know who owned <laughs> these cassette tapes. But I didn't even know who Rod Morgenstein was. He was this guy on this cassette tape I found in the thrift store yesterday at about uh, 4 p.m. At a, by, by 6 p.m., I was in a full-on winger wormhole. Because Rod Morgenstein's the drummer of Winger.
2: Right. Well, in okay. case you
0: didn't in case, We're uh, piecing that together In case you've been living Out, out in a different hole Than the heavy <laughs> hole <laughs> Alright <laughs> uh, Oh man And uh, before that He was the drummer And is the drummer Still of the Dixie Dregs uh, The Steve Mortz band With yeah. members of the Dixie Dregs uh, Rod Morgenstein Old jokes aside An incredible drummer Currently percussion professor At Berkeley. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, no slouch, and I got his original cassette. Yeah. Who's laughing now, Tom? Getting all, all right. Them, getting <laughs> all that female drum
1: students uh, staying yeah. extra hours. Extra credit.
0: Oh, allegedly, allegedly. Well, he did. He did play on the song <laughs> that's, Seventeen. That's what I'm saying. That's allegedly. That's, so anyway, uh, see, uh, we're we're already going off. I knew this in the second I I put Winger on, it was going to be like crazy. Fucking love Winger. The thing about Winger, um, reviled. Reviled in the extreme metal community kim has right. got
1: a voice though Don't discount And also every guitar player Shreds
0: Alright don't derail me man I'm okay. just waiting for the music Alright alright uh, So exciting so, so frustrating man Alright The reason I picked Winger tonight uh, Was because I went down this wormhole yesterday I found this Rod Morgenstein tape I I knew Winger was like the glam band from the 80s. They were the band that they always got ragged on on Beavis and Butthead. The little nerdy kid, Stewart wore the Winger shirt. Mm -hmm. Um, 17, kind of an irredeemable song and video. Yeah. Uh, Sleazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a 37-year-old man, I did the research, got a curiosity. Kip Winger was 27 when he penned the lyrics to 17. Mm. So as a 37-year-old man... Uh, sleazy, I'm sorry, sleazy move. I Absolutely. can't. You know, it was the '80s. Things were things were loose. Winger, Everyone... right you didn't make the classic record cutoff of 15 years, so sorry. Everyone was uh, uh, on cocaine and everything. I get it, man. But that was, you know, whatever. Um, but I li- I never really explored Winger and the world of Winger and and listened to the album as a, a piece of music. Okay. Until last night and this morning. Um, you know, I gotta say, man, if you're gonna talk about like Bon Jovi and I don't know White Snake, Poison, all that sort of thing, man, Winger is not the band that should have bored the the bear that should have bear. How do you say bored, bared? Uh, been the bearer. Winger, the bear, yeah, yeah. Winger should not have. Thank you, Justin. I love we'll Winger. edit that, but I'm thanking you
2: now.
0: Winger <laughs> should not have, have been the bears of the brunt of the glam metal uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah um, a hatred, as they were. I mean, I, there's a rumor that Kip Winger said uh, he wouldn't let Mike Judge and MTV make fun of him, and that's why they railed on him so hard. He since denied it. But, I mean, Winger, look, man. Yeah, sleazy uh, cock rock, absolutely. <clears throat> like I said before, every song's like about sex, and there's a couple of soft guy relationship songs. But there is some interesting progressive songwriting going on here. These guys had fucking chops, all right. Chops, man. Winger definitely had chops. Todd, Mor- uh, Rod, Morgenstein, Rod Morganstein, uh, amazing drummer. Um, interesting timing. There's some really g- cool guitar chops here. Some really interesting writing. Uh, orchestral uh, synthesizer arrangements, mm. your your uh, your odd acoustic passage here and there. I hesitate to say, see, see, acoustic guitars right there. Timed out, good. I hesitate to say that, uh, like people who listen to like your modern like folk metal and uh, you know symphonic metal. Uh, there's say something it. here. There's something in Winger, man. Um, this is something I listen to. It brought a smile to my face a lot of the times because like the. The kind of corny, cheesy glam rock sensibilities that come through—it's—it's um, it's like fun because there's enough cool songwriting and structure and riffs and—and—and and, and, you know, I don't know, man. There's something about this Winger album that I could put on on a, on a long drive or at a party, uh, and or, or maybe if like I dated some like older '80s metal chick, I like I you know this could be our middle ground. I could see it, man. Whatever scenario <laughs> you want to talk about. I could see Winger being my compromised glam metal band. If I'm gonna have to listen to something. Well,
1: I have never agreed with you more on this podcast ever. Let's let shake on it. Winger. Uh, all right?
0: Absolutely shake on it. I mean they're no slaughter, but it's Winger. Yeah, yeah. They're no c- rat. They're no rat. They're no slaughter. Watch them. watch them. They're at no there's <laughs> I like rat. rat. There is a rat.
2: great
1: band. They're
0: not in the same fucking paragraph. <laughs> let alone book as rat. But But Winger. Winger. Yes. I you know, and again, I'm not this is the recommendation section, and I am recommending that your fans of your '80s metal, uh, you know, your progressive rock, uh, maybe you go back and check out the Winger discography a little bit closer, man, than just the hits and the things that were made fun of. But um, you know, this isn't like you know, don't don't get, don't go around gassing people up. Will loves Winger, all right? I, you know, I'm a Queen's right guy. I can go Fates Warning, but you know, the Winger, this is this is fun, but it's not in my wheelhouse of metal. Uh, vernacular, okay. Mm-hmm. It's all good, man. I just wait. No, Tom, Tom's Tom's over here judging me. I am judging you. Yes, man. Yeah, he's <laughs> got this face. I yeah, and, and, I and, got this and judgment isn't always a bad thing. I don't. I I I got nothing negative to say about what mm-hmm. you're saying right now. Okay, I, I'm on board. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's all I'm saying, man. This is kind of a sleazy, fun prog rock. This is like, the th- instead of Dream Theater, Sleaze Theater. It's Cream Theater. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cream Theater. Wow, he killed it. He killed it with that one. Yes. All right. So, you so- know, again, uh, oh, and just to drive it home, man, you know, we've had a lot of um, guests that are a little bit older than me from the 80s generation of metal, the Iron Maiden, Metallica Heads, uh, you know, Frank Reaney. Uh, uh, From Internal Bleeding Chris Basile from Pyrexia We just interviewed Johnny from Mortal Decay We had those guys on And I know See this is where the generation gap goes with me Because if I was around for this in the 80s And I was like you know a teenager Or or a man in my early 20s in the 80s as a metalhead Mm -hmm. I would never be able to come on this podcast and even admit that there's one cool note on this album. Right. I, I would have the hatred for this, but I experienced it later on in life. I'm looking at it objectively, man. You know, there's thing pop music that came out in the '90s. I can't get behind for that reason. So I texted Chris Basile and Frank Rini this morning, and I asked them, "Is that a personal attack?" <laughs> I, <laughs> I, well, well, no, you weren't there for it either, man. You listened to it in the past too, just like me, hey, man. Come to my window, but uh, I, um, you know, I. I texted Frank Rini and Chris Basile this morning. I want to get their take, man. I was like, you know what? That was good. (laughs) And this is from Chris Basile. He goes, ha, what are you guys working on over there? If memory serves me, back then, anything lighter than AC, DC, or Maiden was probably music for girls to my young, underdeveloped music palette. All right, and that's him trying to be nice. I'm sure. Is Frank, this
1: lighter than ACDC? dc
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. Well,
1: come, don't fuck me. Yeah,
0: dude. <laughs> well, lighter. I'm only seventeen. <laughs> if you want to get into who could play whose songs, that was the big debate that these guys had with Metallica. Um, and there was actually a uh, Angus Young couldn't play this shit. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bring names to it. But from Frank Reini now at me. Uh, um, he goes. Uh, no, I was not and still am not into the, I was not and still am not into the hair metal scene. My friends and I felt winger were posers) <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hair metal to attract a female audience by playing radio-friendly songs. I thought they sucked. Reviled. Capital letters, Y-E-S. I thought the girls wow. were hot, but I thought they sucked. Frank Reedy, man. Dude, He's I gonna love give Frank Greeny, man. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah we got, we're going we're gonna to try to get old Uncle Frank back, man. That's eventually. one of the best answers, too. Oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, man. It's one of those, you know, man, there's those 90s things when I was a teenager and I was full-on death metal. If you try to play me some of the poppy 90s stuff, yeah, it's the come to my window. It's not happening to me, all right?
1: <laughs> yeah, what about the you bridge? Know? To baby, one more time. It's the heaviest shit.
0: We should talk th- about that on a different episode, oh, different episode. actually, because
3: yeah, I like to I like to break that a... down musically. Absolutely. But will, thank you for bringing in Winger. This is out of nowhere, and it's making me think about shit.
0: God, I'm and so Dude, and, right and you got to listen to those songs on this album that didn't make the big hits, man. Like, there's some songs that hit me the way New Edition and and and, and fucking. Uh, uh, old, like, Janet and Michael hit me, okay? Janet? Because the thing about Winger, you're dealing with virtuoso musicians, people who were session players at some point, um, uh, and, and most probably, like, producers and songwriters behind all this. Yeah, I don't you know. Kip Winger is a very talented guy, but Winger there was, was a machine, yeah. all right? You know? And if it wasn't for grunge knocking that machine out, I man, if these guys had come out a few years later with the flannel shirts, they would have been, like, Dream Theater or Soundgarden or something, man, so... You know, it was all timing with Winger. Hell yeah. Right.
2: Seventeen.
0: And, and, and they're also like total total misogynists. <laughs> She's yeah. only seven,
1: only seven,
0: All right, so uh, wow, interesting night tonight, guys. Fucking um, winger, we got uh, we got to talk. First of all, we, we got to talk, and, and we're honored to have uh, Johnny Pellini from Mortal Decay on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Bass Fisherman, yeah, uh, mates- you know, our first, hopefully not our last, uh, Fisherman on the show. Damn right. Uh, we might just turn into a more of a fishing themed <laughs> podcast and go down to the old fishing hole. Maybe the Fishing Hole Podcast. Maybe that's coming to you. Who knows, man? We'll see what, we'll see what 2020 brings, right? But uh, all due respect uh, to John and the members of Mortal Decay. We wish them uh, all the best as they work on new material, see where that goes for them. Um, we, we brought some, uh, some new bands to you, this uh, new wave of British death metal. That, I like that it. Yeah. Tom and I are uh, right up on it, I man. Know, I mean, like I'm that. Gonna, we, I got to catch up. We synced up, man. Yeah, but uh, you, know, uh, you, know, you brought in uh, some classic uh, Every Time I Die. Uh, I, yeah, consider pay attention. Tom Tom uh, opened our mind to uh, limp wrist. I'm yeah. here for the cross punk. That's yeah. it. Let's go. Oh,
1: do you got that winger, judge. man? You brought that. And winger, um,
0: you know, I, the last twenty four hours have been it's been a wild ride for me with Kip Winger. Yeah, um, and old Rod Mork. Uh, these guys, powerful musicians, man. Um, I I cried. I laughed. I was astounded by some of the feats of uh, virtuistic, uh, virtualistic uh, however you pronounce the word—musicianship. Right, it, it was a great night, man. Had it for um, the heart. So uh, you know, heavy whole podcast. We got the social media for you if you want to talk about this winger thing. If you're an older cat. Uh, maybe 40 and up who were members uh, when Winger hit the radio waves and the MTV back in the day. Let us know how it was for you and your buddies. <laughs> yeah. Did you I laugh? Mean, did you cry? Like I, Will? I, I, Yeah, I really want to hear from the OGs who are hating on me right now for this girl metal thing with Winger.
1: Um, did you share your Twitter handle with Winger back in the day?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Heavy Hole Podcast, and Podcast at com. Uh, Tom if uh, anybody wants to call us up if any of the if, any, if we attracted any female uh, uh, <laughs> listeners by playing winger on the podcast how can they call us up man? all right you can fill up our mailbox by dialing six three one eight three seven three two seven four what wait what was that number again I, 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 I yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, me and me Will are just headed for a heartbreak right now. So, t- t- What's that number? <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, well, just just know that I get these voicemails
0: first. So, you know, if you want to slip something dirty to Justin or Will, you know, if, just if keep she's them only up. 17, hit the delete button on that goddamn it's voicemail. Because you never get through. I told you, it's not my song on this album, goddamn. Yeah, alleged delete button. It's 631
3: 837 3274. And also, so one other good. thing I'd like to talk about briefly uh, get we, it. we launched the Patreon, patreon.com slash heavyholepodcast. Yeah. We have a few subscribers on there already, and I mm. want to thank them. I'm going to do a shout out uh, on a later episode when we get a few more. Right yeah. now, we only have uh, like six or seven at the
0: moment. So can we do thing. a shout
1: out with you? Yeah, of course. We can. Oh, okay, cool. But uh, right.
0: yeah, I don't have the list in front of me. But Tom will have kicked us off the show That's by then because yeah, <laughs> the money. He doesn't want to split <laughs> the money. Thank you guys very much. Uh, you'll get your shout outs on a later episode. And yeah, we're, we're still uh, concocting some of that merch and bonus material, trying to make that Patreon a little juicier for everybody, man. So keep your eyes peeled for that, man. That's you know right. what I'm saying?
1: It'll be worth it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> trust me. It'll be worth <laughs> it. Yeah. Join the Alleged just, League. Just just, <laughs> just like Jake the Snake used to say, trust me, trust, trust me, trust me, trust, me, trust <laughs> me. And he also said, watch that DVD. Mm. All right, out of here. Bye, everyone. Heavy whole podcast, man. Watch where you're going tonight because you might be heading for a heartbreak. Oh, my God. Don't even... Dude, listen to that slam. <laughs> this is a slam. It's so good.